The following contains content that is intended for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. The Devil and Mrs. Tremblay Written by Craig Moody Narrated by Jessica Caruso Nine. A few days later, I awoke again to the sound of a voice. I didn't recognize it at first, but slowly, as my brain absorbed my surroundings, it was clear it was Joe. Instantly, my heart began to race. Beads of sweat formed all over my flesh. Edgar! I shouted, shoving him. Wake up, Edgar! He didn't budge. Edgar! I screamed. He was breathing, thank God, but he wasn't moving. I couldn't get him to wake up, no matter how hard I tried. I resorted to punching his chest, frantic to wake him. Edgar! Edgar! I could hear the voice moving closer. I could hear the stairs creaking. Tears of fear and panic dripped from my eyes. Edgar! I heard laughing, reluctantly. I turned my head in the direction of the bedroom door. I saw Joe, his smile wide, his eyes black as coal, no white. He can't hear you, Mrs. Trembler. He growled, his voice as otherworldly as the one I had heard from the devil. You need to come with me now. Edgar! I cried with one final thud. This time I allowed my bald fist to fall over his face. Still he did not wake. I scrambled from the bed and toward the window. In the faint green light of the clouded moon, I grabbed the shotgun and took aim toward the door. Joe smiled at me, his entire body now in the room. It won't matter, Mrs. Trembley. He growled. You have no choice. I fired, both barrels hurling their lead bullets into the cold and dark room. I looked at Edgar, still fast asleep on the bed. No! I screamed, raising the shotgun like a baseball bat. Leave me alone! I watched in complete shock as Joe's eyes glowed red. The same fiery orange I had seen in the face of the devil. His mouth opened and the same red glow beamed from his throat. We are one. The voice thundered, causing the room to vibrate and rattle. A framed photograph of Edgar and me on our wedding day popped off its nail and crashed to the floor. I no more than blinked once, maybe twice, when Joe completely disappeared. Everything was now calm. Everything was still. I stood with the shotgun propped against my shoulder, ready to swing. I remained this way for several minutes, with only the sound of my strong and heavy breathing filling the air. Finally, Edgar woke up. 
Edith, he whispered, wiping his face. What the hell are you doing? He raced to my side, pulling the shotgun from my white-knuckled grip. What's going on? I couldn't speak. I wanted to, but nothing would come out when I tried. I could only taste my fear. The salt tinge of panic coated my tongue, metallic and bitter. Eventually, Edgar was able to coax me back to bed. He assisted me to swallow several of Dr. Johnson's pills. He crawled into the bed beside me, wrapping me in his arms and pulling me close to his core. I listened to his heartbeat as I faded into black. My last conscious memory of that night was of the echoed thunder of the devil. We are one. I heard Edgar on the phone with Dr. Johnson the next morning. It's getting worse, Ron, he declared, his voice tense and hoarse. She fired my gun. I don't know how I slept through it, but I found the bullets lodged in the wall. She could have killed us both. There was a long silence as Edgar listened to the doctor on the other end of the line. I felt the sense of anger and abandonment. I knew that what I had seen was real. I had absolutely no doubt. I saw what I saw as vividly as I was now listening to my husband's fearful telephone conversation. I don't want to do that, Doc, I heard him say. I know she can't handle that. She has to stay here with me. I assumed they were discussing the possibility of taking me somewhere. A hospital. A mental institution. I felt my anger rise. I never mentioned a word at the telephone conversation when Edgar appeared a half an hour or so later with my breakfast. The toast had some mold, he confessed, placing a plate on the wooden nightstand. I scraped it off real good before adding the butter and jam. It should be fine now. My throat was sore. My voice hoarse from screaming the night before. I know you're afraid, Edgar. I finally spoke, lifting my body into a sitting position. I know you are terrified. Edgar only stared at me, his face frozen and wary. But I know what I saw. I know it was there. It's the devil, Edgar. It's the devil, plain as a nose on your face. He comes in the form of Joe. His eyes glow red. His voice sounds like something from the underbelly of hell. It's real. Like it or not, it's so real. I saw Edgar's lips tremble. I could tell he was forcing himself not to cry. Dr. Johnson suggested we check you into the state hospital in Tulsa. Edgar whispered, his eyes watery. He thinks they'll be able to give you better care than he or I can. Is that what you want, Edgar? I questioned, my voice deepening. Do you want to be rid of me, free of all this? Lock me up in some loony bin so you can run off to New Mexico with your brother. 
probably take Molly Jefferson with you so you both can fuck till your brains fall out. Edgar's weariness turned to shock, perhaps fear. Why do you get like this? He whispered. Where does my Edith go when such vulgar talk comes out of your mouth? I am right here, Edgar, I growled. I am right here always, watching, listening. He shook his head. My Edith ain't like you. You, whoever you are right now. I am your wife, Edgar, I cackled. I am Edith. No, he shook his head. You ain't. My Edith ain't like you. My Edith don't talk like you. My Edith don't act like you do or do the things you do. You the one that slept with that boy, not my Edith. My Edith is a good woman, pure. She would never- Shut up! I heard myself scream, grabbing the plate of toast and flinging it at Edgar's head. Barely dodging the flying dish, Edgar wiped his face. A visible sign he was nervous and slowly approached the bed. I'm calling Dr. Johnson, he confirmed. We're taking you to Tulsa. Perhaps Edgar was right. I wasn't myself when I felt this anger. The rage and words were not my own. The things I did or wanted to do were never anything I would have ever done in the past. Maybe he was right. I had become someone else, or someone else was able to slip in and out, using my voice and body at whim. The next day, Dr. Johnson arrived with Brother Tom. The moment I heard their voices downstairs, I felt the fiery rage lift from my core. I was blind and deaf with the anger. I felt myself radiate with it. Each breath deepened as I heard the three men, the doctor, the preacher, and Edgar, ascend the stairs and approach the bedroom. I lost all control the moment they appeared in the doorway. Fuck off. Fuck off. Fuck off. The profanity sliced and cracked the flesh of my throat as my lungs blasted the filthy words out of my mouth. The three men stared, stunned. Edgar eventually moved around them and toward me. You fuck off the most, I growled, my voice rough and raspy. I fucking hate you the most. I saw Edgar's face twinge with pain as I said that. I felt myself smile with satisfaction. Oh, did that hurt you, Edgar? I teased. Does it hurt you when little wifey says bad words, huh? He ignored me and turned back to join Dr. Johnson and Brother Tom by the door. Does it hurt you to think about your little wifey riding another man's cock? A cock so much bigger and stronger than yours. A cock that would make me come multiple times in a row. Dr. Johnson's jaw dropped open and Brother Tom went pale. <laughs> I cackled, closing my eyes and cocking my head. You stupid fucks are as useless as the pricks that hang between your legs. Fuck off, all of you. Obeying, 
the three men disappeared from the room. I settled myself against the pillows, gleefully grinning at my power and control. I knew something was wrong. I knew something was off. I didn't care. I settled down, grinned, and heard myself whisper, We are one. We are one. The house was quiet for hours. I found that my anger washed over me in waves. When it would subside, I would feel embarrassed and remorseful. I couldn't believe I had behaved and spoken the way I did in front of both the doctor and the preacher. But when it would wash over me, I would smile at the memory. I thought of the devil more and more. He looked exactly as he did on Molly's card. I wondered how many people could say that they had actually stared the devil in the eye. How many could say that they had stood face to face with him. Slowly the fear morphed into curiosity. Silently, without any words or specific thought, I felt myself anticipating his return. Edgar didn't say much when he finally re-entered the room. It was dusk and he brought with him a plate of beans, peas, and a sliced potato. There was no meat or any other source of protein. Our food supply was running close to empty. Edgar set the plate on the nightstand and turned to leave. Are you mad at me, Edgar? I asked, curious about his answer. At first, it appeared he wasn't going to respond, but just as he started to walk through the door, he turned to face me. I could see tears welling in his eyes. I'm scared for you, Edith, he said softly, some of the water slipping down his skin. I don't know what to do. I will not be sent off to some hospital. I declared firmly and certainly, I will birth these babies here and here is where I will remain until we move to New Mexico, that is. Edgar lowered his eyes. What is it? He started to leave the room, but my angry voice stopped him. What is it, Edgar? I ain't moving us nowhere, he said, defeat clear in his face and voice. I will keep looking for a farmhand. I think it's best we stay. You need to... I don't want to stay here, Edgar, I answered. I don't want to be here no more. I hate this place. I hate this farm. I just want to leave. Please, Edgar, please, move us away from here. Edgar just shook his head. I can't, Edith, he whispered. I don't know what you need. I don't know how to care for you. It's best we just stay put in a place with what we know and is familiar. Dr. Johnson, fuck Dr. Johnson, I screamed. He's an old country doctor who doesn't know his ass from his elbow. We need to move. I'm telling you, Edgar, we can't stay here. There's just too much that has happened here. Too much pain, too much sorrow, too many memories. 
Edgar simply nodded before moving into the hallway and closing the door behind him. Once again, he chose to sleep on the downstairs sofa rather than join me in the bed. This infuriated me. I didn't sleep that night. I couldn't. I felt wired by a million watts of electricity. I forced myself on the bed, creeping my painful, swollen legs toward the bedroom window. It wasn't as frosted as it had been. The impending spring air was slowly overtaking the winter chill. I searched the miles of open fields with my eyes, desperate to find sight of the devil. I wanted to see him. I wanted to ask him questions. I wanted to know my future. After an hour or so at the window, my legs went numb. I couldn't walk back to the bed, so I was forced to sit on the floor. Alone in my thoughts, I found myself drifting into slumber when the familiar sound of Joe's voice filled the room. It's time, Mrs. Trembley, he said, still unseen. It's time for our babies to come into this world. I sat up and looked around. Everything was dark and still. Joe? I whispered. Where are you? Move where I can see you. I've been waiting for you. I'm here. He answered. I'm always here. Always around you. Always with you. Don't be afraid, Mrs. Trembley. Tonight will be painful, but you will survive. You have been chosen for this. Chosen for what? I asked, darting my eyes frantically. Please, Joe, I need to see you. Although I spoke directly to Joe, I knew it wasn't really him. I knew it was just the form the devil chose to appear in. I wanted to see him. I wanted to ask him so many questions. I pulled myself up the wall and onto my feet. I turned my head, gazing out the window. There he was. The devil. He stood as tall as the second floor window. He was just feet from the house, his eyes black, his enormous body still and unmoving. Yes, I cried, tears forming in my eyes. I've been waiting for you. Please come inside. I need... His eyes glowed red, their warmth heating the window, diminishing any condensation. Now, the thundering voice spoke. In that instant, water gushed down my legs and pulled onto the wooden floorboards below me. I fell to my knees in agony. <laughs> I screamed. The pain causing me to see white flashes before my eyes. I started to crawl toward the bed when Edgar burst into the room. Is it time? He hollered, attempting to assert his voice over my wails of overwhelming physical pain. I'm going to call Madison Jenkins. No! I screamed. There ain't no time. It's happening now! lifted myself up on the edge of the bed. 
Edgar straddled me from behind. Get me on the bed! I cried, trying in vain to pull myself up. I'm trying, he shouted, using all his frail strength to try to lift me. I wiggled again. This time, a brutal popping sensation filled my lower body. I could feel blood and fluid oozing over my thighs. Pull, Edgar! I shouted, Pull! I bared down, pushing with all my might as I felt the first head, then body slide through and out of me. I have him! Edgar shouted, his voice gleeful and excited. It's a boy! Tell him to slap his bottle. I heard the thunderous voice of the devil say, Tell him now. Slap his bottom, Edgar, I commanded. Do it now. I turned to face my husband, who, squatting on his knees, was just smiling and staring at the purple newborn in his hands. Now, Edgar, he can't breathe. Startled, Edgar flipped the baby over and patted its bottom. It must be harder. The voice reverberated, causing my head to vibrate at the sound. Without thought, I snatched the infant from Edgar's careful hands, held it by the feet, and slapped its backside until I heard it cough and choke. I handed it back to Edgar the moment it started crying. As soon as Edgar took the baby from me, the second one fell, pulling me apart with the force of its head. Paul! I screamed again, prepare myself to push. Our daughter. I heard Joe say, just as the child slid from inside me and into Edgar's waiting arms. This time, Edgar lifted the baby as I had done with the first and slapped its bottom until it started to cry. I lowered myself to the floor taking the first baby into my arms. Just as Joe's voice had said, the second child was a girl. I saw Edgar sobbing as he held the girl. I simply gazed at him. Then, at the child in my arms, I felt nothing. Absolutely nothing. Madison Jenkins, the county midwife, arrived an hour or so after the births. Everything looks quite fine, she smiled. How you feeling, darling? Fine, I croaked, my voice hoarse and weak from screaming during the pains of childbirth. You need to feed them, one at a time. Just take it slow. They'll need help latching on at first, but they'll take to it quickly. I nodded, but didn't return her smile. I felt exhausted and annoyed. I just wanted to sleep. I didn't want to have to think or deal with these babies. Edgar thanked Madison and walked her out of the house. While alone, I stared at the two sleeping infants in the hand-built bassinet beside the bed. I thought about pushing it over, but I didn't move. Eventually, Edgar returned to the room. 
Want me to get you anything? He asked, a tired but content expression on his face. Just water, I replied. Okay. He smiled, nodding at me. He started to leave the room, but stopped. You know, he began clearing his throat and taking a deep breath. I'm really proud of you, Edith. You handled this so well. At first, I only stared at him, but eventually, I heard myself laughing. <laughs> what choice did I have? <laughs> I cackled. Those things were coming one way or another. Edgar's expression fell. Don't call them things, Edith, he said softly. They're our babies. They ain't your babies, I heard myself say without thought or hesitation. Edgar looked wounded. He nodded, looked down, and then left the room. I was asleep before he returned with the water. Hi, I'm Craig Moody, and I want to thank you for listening to Craig Moody's Novel Bites. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please like, follow, and subscribe to this podcast to be notified when the latest episodes are released. Print and digital editions of my previous titles are available through all major retailers. For more information or for links to my social media, please visit craig-moody.com. Until next time.